This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended to constitute gambling advice. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the commentators and do not reflect the views of Sirius XM or its affiliates, nor do those views or opinions guarantee or increase the likelihood of any outcome. If you choose to engage in any gambling activity, you do so at your own risk. Sirius XM Sports Bet Prime Time, May 17th, Canadian sportscasting legend. Peter Gross is here today. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Thanks for joining us here today. It wouldn't be a very interesting conversation if there was no one listening to it. So thanks for that. Welcome in. Uh, relax. We have Peter Gross, of course, well-known around these parts and throughout Canada as one of the most innovative, most influential media personalities. He started out as the sports anchor and reporter at City TV here in Toronto for many years in the 70s and 80s. But he went on to do so much more in his career on various platforms and networks. Uh, a true original, innovative, one of the first to challenge traditional notions of how sports and other reporting should be done on television and to think outside of the box. So we're honored, of course, that he's agreed to join us here today. I currently host the Down the Stretch podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, uh, which focuses on the professional horse racing industry. John, of course, knows him well from that space, and there are many years working together. Uh, Peter will be checking in today with his thoughts on the new legal sports betting market in Ontario and in Canada, how the legal landscape has changed around betting, and of course, his thoughts on still painful, the Leafs annual meltdown. But before we get into all of that and start chatting with Peter, we want to, of course, remind everyone to follow our show on Twitter. We are SiriusXM Sportsbet Primetime. You can follow us on Twitter at Canadian Betting is our Twitter handle. I think that's what they call it. And of course, on SiriusXM, we are available throughout the United States and Canada. We're happy to be able to say. And so, John, I was thinking of other city TV personalities that you and I grew up with. I, I, I talk to my kids about this and I try to impress upon them. So at one time, not that long ago, there was only like eight channels and there was no internet and there wasn't 500 channels. And so the people that you saw on television, you saw all the time and you listened to all the time and you felt like you knew them kind of. So I was thinking of some of the old names, Gord Martineau, Denise Donlin, uh, Mark Daly with that voice, uh, Jeannie Becker, fashion television. Remember her, John? Uh, John Gallagher, of course, sports reporter, uh, Jim McKinney. And then John Major from Toronto Rocks. Remember Toronto Rocks after school every day, how much we loved that? So, uh, so, so many of these personalities we came to know over the years. But you know, Peter, not just from that context or from that world, uh, but you obviously sort of worked with them and you know mm-hmm. him personally and, and so on, right, John? Yeah, I know. It's so exciting to have you on, Peter. It's, uh, you know, our, uh, our, our past goes way back. And, uh, and the best part about it is that uh, you're part of legacy media, but you're also part of uh, new age media. And uh, that's a testament to your your hard work and your innovation and uh, all of these things that uh, we know about one another. And uh, that's uh, that's exciting to be a part of. 
So, um, how are you doing? You are are you doing well? How, what did you think of that? Uh, the, the, all these city personalities. I heard heard a couple of those before, including McKenney. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what's your recollections of some of those some of those personalities? Well, Jim McKenney, I'm still very very good friends with. Uh, uh, he he's pounding the horses every day we're, uh, <laughs> into his HPI account as often as possible, and uh, uh, especially during COVID, he, he, there was nothing he could do except bet the horse. <laughs> Jim McKenney was one of the, the great characters of all times. I mean, he was a, he was a great hockey player. He's fifth all-time uh, scoring uh, of Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman. A lot of people don't know that, but w- what, a, what a great friendship I have with him. We've been to Saratoga 25 times, and it's just it, it's so thrilling to to go to the races with him gallagher i was doing a podcast with gallagher gallagher and gross saved the world we did about 35 40 of them they got a tremendous response but we couldn't get a sponsor for it and he subsequently sold his house near young and lawrence took the money and uh now he's uh living it up in halifax ah oh nice good and uh, so down the stretch, you tell tell us a little bit about down the stretch before we get into the sports betting and uh, and what it might mean to horse racing. So on, tell us about down the stretch. Well, we just downloaded the 121st episode of Down the Stretch. Wow! And so now the Down the Stretch podcast is a series of segments relating to horse racing. So I have interviews, I have races. Um, I, I will have the stings of music, whatever I think is appropriate. And I have a lot more control over the, the final product than I might have, you know, sitting in a room with three or four other people talking about, uh, horse racing. So the onus of course is to make it as interesting and as, as exciting as possible. And I'm having a lot of fun with the editing and, uh, you know, get getting pretty good feedback, uh, from the racing industry. I think so. Um, how about uh, sports betting? You know, this is this is our our podcast is predominantly about sports and sports betting, Peter. And uh, you may have noticed that uh, sports betting has been proliferating in this province for the last uh, well last six weeks or so. But certainly in the in the months before that, in the gray market, what are your sort of initial thoughts, both uh, from a sports betting perspective and uh, and frankly, if you have them uh, on how it's affecting the horse racing industry? Well, first of all, it's for the better. B e t t e r and b e t t o r to get to throw a pun at you. Yeah, it, it's it's much better than it was because instead of the money going to, you know, quasi illegal offshore sites, the money is, I suppose, being taxed and serving some good in Canada. Canadian mm-hmm. people making a living off of it. I, I'm not sure it spells the end of uh, betting on horse racing in Canada because uh, the betting, particularly on the thoroughbreds at Woodbine is fairly healthy uh and and you know with the government assistance uh, i'm sure they're gonna scrape by right <laughs> in in the gray market before bill c218 did you play sports and do you are you playing them now playing i mean mean betting sports and do you bet sports now and what have you had some successes or failures in doing that many more of the latter than <laughs> than the former you're so humble i mean i play i play proline a lot i have bet things online um you know before the whole single uh, sports thing before proline re- really uh reinvented themselves and i like proline better now than i did before but unfortunately john what happens when i place a bet even if it's just a two dollar bet it's that bet is relayed to the arena or baseball field um and and everyone <laughs> is aware of my bet 
so that if 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 I bet uh, a game to go under eight and a half, and it's one nothing in the top of the ninth, they'll score nine runs. <laughs> So it's somehow that, and I don't know how that happens. Yeah, no, you're I, funny. You're trying to be I, funny, but I, I just, I, I, I just, I, I, it's, it's been so long since I've cashed anything betting on sports. Um, I mean, I, for the sake of argument, I, I've always said betting, betting on on horses uh, gives yeah. you much more flexibility than betting on sports. You, no, you know, we view they, horse they, racing the same way. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just. It's just interesting now. Have you noticed that in sportscasts and actual broadcasts of games, they now talk about the odds? Mm-hmm. So it, it's out in the open, whereas it was like this this bizarre secret for hundreds of years. You know, a football game would be on, and they, you know, it would be a twenty-two all tie, and the over/under was forty-six, and and a team would be, you know, first down on the two. Well, do, do they just, you know, spike the ball and kick the field goal and? the guy betting the over loses and they wouldn't mention it and now it's part of the conversation yep fascinating we uh no it's it's accelerated and we we could all sort of be uh, predictive and look down the line and see predict what the changes were going to be and how quickly it would happen but it's uh to the point of saturation now as you say we sort of can't turn on the television without seeing ads and stuff during the games and something that a year ago was seemed like it was against the law and uh horribly prohibited everywhere you looked and now it's just folded into every aspect of our viewing experience so good and a bad thing maybe depending on how you look at it but uh we had talked in this space many times about how it's going to impact not just sort of the revenue stream potential for uh, professional sports for things like mlse what are the different ways they can capitalize on this and they've recently announced partnerships whether it's mlse or rogers and plans for uh, renovations within rogers center and i'm yeah. sure part of that will be a new sports book right john we've Absolutely. talked about sort of land-based sports books and uh guys the limit in terms of how things can continue to change right john yeah that's your former company peter that's uh, they've done some pretty serious things in this space which one? Oh, rogers yeah. rogers yeah well i mean you, you got you got to jump on the boat uh, there's there's so many things worse in the world than, than betting on a game. And if you've got a $10 bet on, on a baseball game, that's three hours of entertainment, a hockey game, a football game, a soccer game. It, it enhances the entertainment. And uh, regardless of whether it's legal or, or illegal, there's obviously a certain uh, portion of the population that's, that's going to be problematic as, you know, but there's a certain portion of the population that is problematic with food and we don't, we don't close down grocery stores. We don't close down the liquor store. So uh, anything to the extreme is bad. But most of us, and by most of us, I'm exempting myself because <laughs> I can I can gamble ad infinitum. But most people have a pretty good handle on how much they want to bet on a game. And, you know, if you've got $10, $20 riding uh, on a Stanley Cup final that goes into overtime, what's more exciting than that? For sure. Speaking of your Rogers, how about uh, how about the Blue Jays so far this year? What uh, what do you think uh, with their chances? And uh, are they not sort of a up and down start? But uh, but they're uh, they're uh, they they look like they might might be all right. Just as a collection of individual players, they're just fabulous entertainment. I mean, they're such a happy, upbeat team um, with the capacity with the capacity from the top to the bottom of the lineup of hitting things. But they last night was a pleasant example of how they can hit. They won. They got a couple of home runs. Um, Vlad Guerrero is, is to every time he's must watch television. Every time mm-hmm. he's up at the plate. Mm-hmm. So is George Springer. 
and and there's you know there's a nice supporting cast. The pitching has been sensational. The hitting has not. But but you know having great pitching uh, can can take you all the way. So yeah, they'll they'll contend whether or not uh, they go very far in the playoffs. I I'm unable to really. Uh, offer a prognosis on that so i note this morning on uh, on twitter that uh the blue jays have had the i think second most difficult schedule to this point in the season in the majors and they have the easiest schedule going forward in the american league east so hopefully that'll help uh agree with your comments about the quality of the lineup and the pitching and the depth and when you mentioned vladdy i'd be curious your take just what what pops into your head in terms of your favorite toronto athletes over the past however many decades does anybody pop in your head sort of personality wise uh, or more as a person as opposed to an athlete or maybe it's both or anybody who jumps to mind first in any sport johnny bauer okay johnny bauer <laughs> um when i was a little kid when i was 12 years old so i'm talking 1962 used used to go down to maple leaf gardens and i was a sneaky little kid and i could get in past the security guards <laughs> um and uh, <laughs> such a silly story. So, so I, so I, 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 I find my way into Maple Leaf Gardens, and the Leafs were having a practice, and I'm standing by the Leaf bench, and uh, Johnny Bauer comes over, and his his teeth were sitting on the bench, and he says, "Hey, kid, hand me my teeth," and I hand <laughs> Johnny Bauer his false teeth. Wow. Uh, oh, see, now that's a wonderful that's a memory. moment, great yeah. moment of my life. <laughs> that's a great one. And uh, Yo, Johnny, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you? The greatest moment of my life regarding the Maple Leafs? No, please do. Would you like? Oh, this I, <laughs> I, I, share. I, I'm going to be seven. I'm going to be seventy-two in July. This nice. is the greatest thing that ever happened to me, and I've had sex <laughs> in, in 1964. I was 13 years old. The Leafs were in the Stanley Cup Final, Game Seven against the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know if you guys are old enough, but Game Six was the game in which Bobby Bond broke his ankle took a shot at his ankle and broke it in the third period, came back in overtime to score the winning goal, and that sent the Leafs to Game 7. It was a Saturday, April the 12th or 13th, I think. And So I'm a 13-year-old kid, and I start phoning the uh, uh, Maple Leaf ticket office. You know, hey, my dad's in the mafia. You better give me a couple of seats. Oh, my dad's the editor of the Toronto Telegraph. Finally, about the eighth or ninth time I called, the guy says to me, kid, you're driving me crazy. We got a couple of standing room grace, so my buddy and I we, we, we go to the game. we got standing room grace. Imagine that, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup for $2.50. Uh, and mm-hmm. we sat, first row grays, Maple Leaf Gardens. Now, Maple Leaf Gardens, the, the seats were so close together. First row grays, you, you almost could reach out and touch the players. It was a wonderful place to watch Game 7. Nobody bothered us. Leafs win the game 4 nothing. With five minutes to go, I tell my friend we have to jump on the ice. Mm-hmm. So we work our way down to the first rows back in those days reds blues greens gray so we're first row reds and we're at the place where the uh, the plexiglass in the detroit end zone you know it was high and then it would cut down halfway between the goal line and the blue line and the crowd's going 10 9 8 7 the action is in the the the, the leaps end the Red Wings desperately trying to at least break the shutout on Johnny Bauer. And I'm climbing over people and I'm on the glass and I jump on the ice. There's still three seconds to go in the game. It would have been very embarrassing if the whistle had gone, but it didn't. So I'm inside the blue line. I'm the only, first person on the ice, actually. Terry Sawchuk, one of the great goaltenders of all time, is skating out of the Detroit net. 
He's got his mask off, his face. I remember his face was puffy and white, and he just looked exhausted. And I go up to him, and I say, Terry, you played a great game. And he looked at me, and he said, fuck off, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that was and he didn't know what a gift that was to me. Yeah. What a, what a, a long time was. story. So, That's great. Did he say it with kind of a smile, or was he really, did he actually mean... Like, <laughs> you mean he get didn't lost? need an obnoxious little kid coming up to him after he lost <laughs> yeah. if, if you know the history of Terry Sawchuk, he was a great, great goalie who had terrible injuries, a drinking problem, an anger management problem. Um, anger management, not to laugh. He, very difficult individual who, back, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, if you didn't play, you didn't get paid. And, uh, you know, I, I think they had masks in 1964, but he had he suffered a lot of injuries. Very complicated, difficult life. Let me ask you this. I got it. John has heard me ask this question before, but uh, it's you might hear the frustrated Leaf fan in me coming out. But can you draw any thread through the decades why are the Leafs in this drought the all of these droughts haven't won a playoff series since 2004 you know I haven't won since 1967 you were there for when they did win but obviously ownership has changed management changes frequently coaches change all the time obviously players change what is it about this city or its people or its media or our culture generally is there anything you think that are we are we too hard on players on young players are we too nice are we too Flexible? Or is, is there anything anything that you could sort of stepping back and widening the lens and sort of think like if there was something we could do differently as a city that might help this? I look at New York, arguably is the epicenter of basketball for the world. They haven't won since '75 or something. And you look at Toronto, which is arguably the epicenter for hockey, haven't won since '67. Sort of think about is there something about the city that might relate to, or does it have nothing to do with it? What do you think? I think we overanalyze it too much. I mean. Tampa Bay might win the Stanley Cup again. Tampa Bay is a terrific hockey team. And what a shame that after the Leafs' terrific season, they drew Tampa Bay yeah. in the first round. I would cut the Leafs slack and say, this has nothing to do with previous Leafs teams. And I wouldn't change a lot. But fortunately, I'm not a, I'm not a general manager or a coach of a hockey team. I mean, I, just, I thought those seven games were, were just thrilling. That 4-3 Leafs game uh, where Matthews scored that winning goal uh, off the – the deflection that Marner shot into Vasilevsky's yep. pads. That that was, holy crap, that was, that was very close uh, <laughs> on the excitement level to Batista's home run against Texas in game six, uh, the bat flip. It, it was just so so thrilling and exciting. And then game six, even though the Leafs lost, w- w- was a thoroughly thrilling hockey game. And what, what it, I mean, what do you, you want to see an exciting game more than anything else. That's what I want to see. And the Leafs provided that many times this year. So, I hope that they don't tear the team down. Yeah, I'm with you, Peter, on that. I you can't tear it down yet. It's not. You know, let's keep everybody intact. Let's just see where this goes. It's a good team with young players. Let's just see where it goes. So, okay, Peter, give us now. And I was I was say, give me a winner, as you know that line. Uh, <laughs> but what do you look for? Give me give me one thing when you handicap sports, and frankly, when you handicap horse racing, like we have. We have uh, listeners on here that just are interested in just pl- betting a game here or, or betting a horse race here. What is one thing you look for in sports when you handicap sports and one thing you look for when you handicap horses uh, that you like to give out here? I guess most of all value. So um, if I'm looking at a game, I'll always try and strike an argument for the team that's got the best price to win. Uh, I mean, especially uh, 
in the playoffs. What did the Phoenix Suns, for example, didn't they have the best record in the NBA? They did. And they lost their opening round series. So yeah. um, if there's if there's one thing we've seen, particularly in the playoffs, is that a, a, an eight seeded team could beat a top seeded team. So um, because every time you place a bet, someone's taking a cut of that action. Strike an argument for the underdog. Strike an argument for the team that's that's uh, uh, paying better. Um, you know, McKenney. Uh, in his sports betting, has been doing something very interesting, and he and he said a lot lately. He waits until the game is several minutes old, until a team has taken a one or two nothing lead, and then he bets the other team and gets a great price, because uh, the the playoffs in the regular season there were all kinds of teams coming back from two nothing and three nothing. Yep. So so if you if you wait until it's two nothing, you know, for the Leafs over the Red Wings, then bet the Red Wings because you're going to get three or four to one on it. As far as horse racing is concerned, um, it's it's more complicated because there's more than just two horses in a race. But you never want to bet a one to five favorite that's won only one of ten races because the horses horse knows nine ways to lose. And people make horses heavy favorites best on uh, based mostly on their speed and their buyers ratings. Whereas they they don't go deeper and look at the the way the horse runs. So a lot of horses will come second and third and get a good speed rating, but they don't have that heart to win. So you look at a horse race, you try and figure out what will happen in the races. There are a lot of speed and find a reason to bet on a horse that isn't the favorite. And, and of course, I think you've heard me say this a, a lot of times before, John. I love the daily double. I think the daily double, a $1 bet on the daily double, uh, is the most advantageous bet you can make anywhere, including games and teams and blackjack, casinos and slot machines. The $1 daily double gives you the best bang for your buck. Interesting. That's fascinating. I, um, I mean, listen, Peter, down the stretch is, uh, is uh, you know, widely available on many, uh, many outlets. And, uh, and you're at Peter the Gross on Twitter, at Peter the Gross on Twitter. And uh, we're on uh, Sirius XM, and uh, you know we go into the U.S. with some of our uh, with some of our listenership. Is there anything you want to say? Anything you want to promote that says, "Hey, uh, um, you know, come to my uh, come to my pod"? I'm uh, I'm uh, I've got lots to say about horse racing. Well, if you're even remotely interested in horse racing, I think I put together a very exciting, a very dynamic, upbeat uh, 30, 32 minutes of horse racing every week. You know, I just. I don't even put any, it's Tuesday and I'm not sure what I'm going to have in the podcast, but by Sunday, so many things will happen. Fortunately, this week, the Preakness is going to be run on Saturday. Um, the Juravinsky Cup at Flamborough Downs is Sunday night. So these are major elements that I will put into my podcast, but I have a lot of fun. Um, I think you know me that at heart, I'm a clown. I like, I like to give people a laugh. So whenever I can, I, I put a twist on things and, you know, any kind of uh, common cultural reference that I can stick in, I will. If you just go, if you just Google Toronto Mike down the stretch, uh, you will get the link. And don't forget the newspaper uh, just came out last Friday. Our 130th issue of Down the Stretch newspaper, Canada's most uh, entertaining and informative horse racing newspaper. And we put that in the bins at uh, Woodbine, Woodbine in the backstretch uh ajax downs and mohawk so it's and it's a free paper good read great stuff okay peter yes john and i have talked about when we are doing our show prep for this i always say to john john you're an interesting guy talk about what interests you 
But before we let you've been very generous with your time, and we, as we say, we're honored and we're really very appreciative that you've joined us today, Peter. But I got to ask you, uh, ahead of this show, I was looking on YouTube and I saw a video of you. Of course, lots of great stuff from uh, City and so on, but we touched on that. But you mentioned that you are about to be 72 years old, and I saw you do 91 push ups without a break, uh, which is incredible for anybody at any age, let alone at your age. And uh, so I have to tell you, I was impressed. You're in incredible shape and uh, very strong for your age. So what's the secret? How often do you, you must do that every day to get to that level? That's a lot. You know, you, I, not to brag, but today was the 492nd consecutive day that I did. I do 100 push-ups and 110 sit-ups every day. And I've got this streak. And, and no matter how miserable I may be when I wake up in the morning I cannot I have to hit 500 I'm not going to quit at 500 uh yeah I'm just my uh, my father died of heart disease when he was 80 but he had his first heart attack when he was 56 my uh, my older brother died eight years ago so he was uh 64 65 at the time of heart disease so um I I want to I like to test the heart um it's I'm fortunate with regards to the push-ups because I got short arms (laughs) <laughs> no, your form was perfect. That's the thing. Everybody BSs that, right? But you were doing it. You were locking them out. It was perfect. Yeah, you've got you've yeah. got to lower the body as low as possible and extend yeah. the arms as much as possible. So that's that's my little parlor trick that I I can do a hundred push-ups. <laughs> Anyone offer me five hundred dollars, I'll do that immediately. That's awesome. So, awesome. Good stuff. Of, speaking of sports betting. <laughs> proposition yeah, what's the over under i think i could do 110 if the money was there yeah. i'll lay it at i'll i'll, I'll uh, put the line at 111 and a half how's that Ooh. ooh. <laughs> well peter that this could, is the greatest be, thank you iffy, but i'm sorry that could be iffy. Yeah, that could be iffy but <laughs> yeah. I, I'd well that's why the line is it very good thank you peter this has been really a lot of fun we uh i mean the reminiscing about stuff and 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 you know our our journeys in this uh, in this space together is is amazing and i'm uh and i and i thank you for your time um you know really appreciates what we're doing here and what you've done for us here and um and and thanks very much for your time my pleasure good to talk to you guys Peter Gross is the man. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us again today. It uh, was wonderful to listen to some of the stories, and we'll be back later this week. Until then, remember to have fun with your betting, bet responsibly. Remember to hit us up on Twitter, and we will see you later in the week. But for now, we are out. Peace. Peace.